<laughs> so it is love you seek. Well, I think you have come to the right place. That is the Bankatelic Valentine's Day Special 2023. And how do I love thee, O Bankadelic audience? Let me count the ways, as in seven fantastic guests today, here to share the love. We have <laughs> Ronald Herman, the CEO of Psionic, Nina Valet and the CEO of Engageware, Brad Tompkins, the CIO of Virgin, Lee Farabaugh, the president of Corten. Preetha Pulasani, the CEO of Deep Target, Douglas Brown, President, Digital Banking at NCR, and Amy Winkleman, the Product Specialist and Counsel at Compliance Systems. Wow. Are we in for a good time? <laughs> anyway, let's get right down to it. We are going to have our guests introduce themselves one at a time. And then for the icebreaker question, Lou wants to know. What was your most memorable first date or the one you'd rather forget? Okay, and to go first, I am going to pick on a brave or maybe not so brave volunteer. Lee, you're up. Hello, Lou. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me on the Valentine's Day Love Fest. I am co-founder and president of Core 10. We are a banking and financial services firm focused on API development, integration as a service, and lending products. And we absolutely love the fact that we support our growing teams in the U.S. We have teams in smaller communities across the country, and our goal is to unlock untapped potential in those team members. We work with financial institutions, corporate providers, and fintechs. So my most memorable first date, I would have to say it was with my husband. Of course, he wasn't my husband then, but being on the date with him made me a little nervous. And I said so. And he said, oh, we're just hanging out. And I was so devastated because you know, I thought it was a real date. Ah. <laughs> I think it was. Anyway, we got married. So it all ended up OK. We celebrate 20 years of marriage in July. That is fabulous. Yeah, well, you showed him what the situation <laughs> was in the long run, right? So there we go. Ronald, how about you? Hey, Lou. Thank you. Ron Herman, founder and CEO of Psionic here in Atlanta. We are bringing faster payments to the point of sale between consumers and businesses using the RTP network and the upcoming FedNow bank rail. So excited to be here. And Catherine and Lou, thanks for inviting me. So I've got one date that was quite disastrous. It was that the Big Red Tomato a restaurant that used to be here in Midtown Atlanta. And I was already nervous going into this date. And it was actually the point in time in my life that I learned that I was allergic to walnuts. So I bit into this pizza that had walnuts on it. And about 10 minutes into the date, my throat closed. I literally was beat red, couldn't breathe. Yikes. And somebody at the restaurant had an EpiPen. So they gave me a dose. And about 40 minutes later, I was somewhat back to normal. It was not an attractive moment for me whatsoever. I've heard of being breathless on the first date, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Not quite like that. Yep. Brad Tompkins. Lou, how are you? Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate another invite onto your podcast. I always enjoy it. Again, I'm CIO of Virgin LMS. We are an enterprise loan management system serving financial services industries in many different markets. You know, I would be remiss if I didn't say my most memorable date was with my soon-to-be wife. It was interesting, though. You know, we had gone out to grab a pizza and play some foosball, maybe have a few drinks. When I was walking her to her car, I think she tripped on, you know, one of those little parking cement blocks, and she pushed me to the ground. I scraped up my whole forearm. It was, she left an impression, to say the least. So... Here we are 16 years later and all the better for it. Does the scar count as an impression? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her that one. Nina Valayan. Lou, great to meet you. I'm Nina Valayan, CEO of Engageware. I've actually been CEO seven weeks, so it's been quite a ride. A little bit on Engageware. We support five to 600 financial institutions worldwide. We're an enterprise customer engagement platform. Our products really focus in on appointment scheduling, omni-channel based, and knowledge management. So I'm really happy to be here. From my first date perspective, it was Halloween. I went to a party on campus. I was a sophomore at University of Maryland, and I met this guy there. We danced all night, got my phone number. My best friend said, did you give that goober your phone number? And I was like, oh, no, of course I didn't. You know, two weeks later, he came on campus to pick me up, had my friends go meet with him because I couldn't remember, right? You're a sophomore. And I couldn't remember what he looked like. I sent my friends up and they said, oh, yeah, he's a great guy. And I walked up. He had a suit on, a dozen roses, and he took me to see Princess Bride, which today is my favorite movie. I married him two years later, and we've been together over 30 years. Inconceivable. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. I love that movie. Oh, man, do I love that movie. Amy Winkleman. Hi there, Lou. Thanks for having me. This is Amy Winkleman. I work for Compliance Systems. We are a document solution company. Pretty much do a little bit of everything and help you with lending and deposit documents, help you with other services as well. I will say that my most memorable first date occurred in college and I was invited to a guy's apartment for dinner. So thinking as to date, you know, when I get there, there are three other women there as well. <laughs> no. Not really what I was expecting. So that was the first taste of being with this guy and I actually did marry him. So <laughs> something must have worked out in the end, but that's probably my most awkward first date that I can think of. <laughs> oh, wow. It sounds almost like the police lineup first date. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas Brown. Hello, Lou. Doug Brown here. Thanks for having me back and really a pleasure to be on the podcast with you. I'm the president of digital banking at NCR. It's our task to bring relationships from our credit unions and banks out to their members and credit unions. So we help foster a lot of good connections and relationships with over 26 million consumers and businesses back to their credit unions and community banks. So we are in the relationship business, Lou. For myself, I would say my favorite first date was with my wife, Lynn, which occurred about 25 years ago now. But if I go back in the memory banks, 
an earlier date in high school, I was set up by some friends of mine to meet a girl named Lisa. And I went to pick her up at her house to take her out on a first date. We were probably going somewhere exotic like the mall where we all went in high school back then. But as I went to the door to pick her up, I was shocked when my English teacher answered the door. And I realized at that point in time that you might want to check last names and know your audience before you go on that first date. <laughs> oh, God. Preetha Pulusani. Thanks, Lou, for having me. My name is Preetha Pulusani. I'm the founder and CEO of Deep Target. What we do is growth as a service or grass, not what you're thinking about, but <laughs> we enable the growth of assets and loans, revenue, new members, digital users, member relationships and loyalty, and overall profitability for credit unions and community banks. Based in Huntsville, and we have about 200 FI customers today as we speak. So my story of a date is probably a bit unique. I'm from India and of a certain age. So while this is not as much of a norm anymore, my parents arranged my marriage. So I was very young, too young to even have an opinion. <laughs> and my fiance at that time was living and working in the US and I was in India. So my first date, rather memorable actually, is when I met him for the first time after I was already engaged to be married to him. <laughs> oh, wow. So we've survived being together for more than four decades. So I guess I should thank my parents for their forethought. <laughs> oh, that is fabulous that that worked out. True story, my maternal grandparents were in arranged marriage in Italy, and that was very common back then. Anyway, here we go into the actual nitty gritty of the podcast where we talk about relationships and things we love in 2023 and it's on everybody's minds inflation continuing a possible recession on the way the stock market tanking lots of predictions that this is going to be one tough haul this year what could there possibly be to love in financial services right now and why? And the floor is open to whoever wants to kick it off. I'll take it. This is Lee from Core 10. You know, I mentioned that we love APIs at Core 10. And for your audience, in case they don't know, an API is an application programming interface. It's basically the way you share data between systems. And I think it was Mark Andreessen who said software is eating the world, but we think APIs are eating the world. And I really feel like digitization is not going away. We've seen in the past couple of years that financial services, banks, credit unions, they have to meet the customer at a digital place. That's where everybody is. And so to me, there's just no going back on tech and especially the API revolution. That's what I'm in love with right now. There was a report recently from CSI that showed that APIs and open banking are one of the top three issues affecting the financial industry for 2023. So a lot of people are loving them or going to learn to love them right now. There is no stopping APIs. That's absolutely for sure. This is Bradley Tompkins with Virgin. I 100% agree with Lee as I was Pondering this question, I was looking back over my career and the last recession, you know, that we had and just thinking about what came about from it and really what kept coming back up was innovation. 
I mean, really, when you get into the difficult times in our industry, it's really what drives us forward is that innovation. So innovation in technology, innovation in you know, how we service our customers, how we meet those customers, the competition for customers goes up. I mean, it's really a consumer market at that point because, you know, we have to really drive to what our customers want in order to win for them. So we always look for these tough times to really push innovation and get better at what we do. This is Nina Valayan. I really agree with Brad and Lee. And what we've seen working with so many financial institutions is, you know, where Lee kind of started off and Brad was talking about technology, but it really is the digital transformation in this sector. The pandemic expedited it when you think about digital currency, for instance, just starting there where we're all using credit cards, a lot of locations don't want to take cash. But if you think about the digital transformation and now you're talking about customer engagement, what we're seeing is customers want their financial institutions to engage them in any way they want from an omni-channel perspective. And it's a combination of not just digital means like video, but it is also the human touch as we're coming back into opening up the world in 2023. But it really is about their choice and this personal engagement that they have with their providers. Hey there, this is Doug Brown from NCR. And for us, we're excited what to love is that we believe in a digital first relationship model that's really gonna help customers and businesses in the upcoming cycle. And for us, digital first means yes, we have a heavy reliance on digital and digital engagement, but in addition, we wanna humanize the engagement model. And that means making it digital everywhere. So we believe a lot to be excited about is that we'll have the best capabilities to help customers now with engagement that happens on the glass and mobile apps, screens on laptops, or you know, live interaction where we're digitizing bankers engagement with customers and members. And so we really think that now where we are in the industry collectively, we're in the best position to help people. And they prefer to come to banks and credit unions because they trust them more than all other alternatives. So when we look at the relationship model and what's happening here, we're excited about the engagement that can go on. But in addition, we really think that there's a unique opportunity for banks and credit unions to own the relationship because they're the best position to help everybody. It's Valentine's. You got to think relationships matter today. <laughs> hey, Lou, this is Amy Winkleman. And I just want to echo what we've already discussed that, you know, truly, Innovation is where when we're facing adversity, it's really going to help us out in this time. And that's what I'm loving. And what I'm really loving is what we've seen so much is our partners and our clients are being so creative and they're bringing ideas to us. And they're saying like, hey, we want to do these new things with you and really testing our boundaries and making us kind of work for what they absolutely need. And it's just really bringing a lot of creativity to us overall. And we're just loving that. This is Preeta. And, you know, what we are finding is that any of the financial institution customers we have, they are trying to find innovative ways to help their customers and members in these challenging times, right? Whether it's offering relief programs, waiving fees, increasing credit limits, and they're investing in technologies to do that. I agree with the innovation. I think investment in technologies is becoming a must. There's so much data that is out there and they're trying to leverage it 
So some of the technologies that they're using include AI. I mean, everybody's here heard about chat GPT by now, but a bit too much. But that's kind of where we're heading, where I think FIs will really leverage AI so that they can further personalize the advice and services that they're giving to their customers and members. Hey, Luke, it's Ron Herman from Cyanic. I'm going to kind of jump into the weeds a little bit here from a consumer's perspective. What I found interesting that's been blossoming lately, to Nina's point, post-pandemic, is the whole buy now, pay later model that's evolved very rapidly. When you say want to be in love with financial services, because it offers such a great value proposition to both retailers who support it and to consumers who want to split their payments into two, three, four equal monthly payments, it just kind of helps offset the the benefit, you know, the, the the huge deficits that's are happening right now. Who we're all predicting to be a big recession, and it just helps the inflation marker subside for a little bit. So, even though we don't offer any BNPL type services, I do have a lot of respect for those organizations who've stepped up and have kind of helped weather the storm coming out of the pandemic. Absolutely, and some phenomenal answers to the question here. And I heard some of you touch on this point a little bit, so it'll be fascinating to explore it a little bit more. I'm just wondering if you could put the fintech financial services community together, pull them in a unified way that shows customers how much we love them, that we truly love them. Where would you start? This is Nina Valle, and I'll go ahead and kick that off. You know where I would start really is like I started with before, customer engagement, and then really the relationship with the customer. When you're thinking about a recession, relationship banking is probably the most important thing. We just issued an EngageWare report called Engage 2023, and it was really focused in on banks working with the professionals at the banks, but also surveying consumers. And in the report, 75% of the consumers told us that they would be scaling back this year with their financial planning activities. However, what their expectation was from their financial institutions and sponsors is, I think what Preetika just talked about when she just mentioned fees, they want a reduction in fees, they want personal engagement because a lot of the services are commoditized. But what they really expect is this one-to-one service as they're thinking about what to do during a recession in 2023. And for them, it's going to be all about return and return on investment from a service perspective, working with their providers. Hey, Lou, this is Doug Brown from NCR. And I would mention that, you know, I think now is the time more than ever in 2023 for us to help consumers speak about a four-letter word that they're very uncomfortable with. And what I'm talking about is that data has shown that people are more willing to say, I love you to their partner for the first time than to talk about finances and especially financial mistakes. So I think for us together and the FinTech community at large is to help people develop more confidence, understand topics better, and really helping them you know, so they can take corrective actions and not treat it as a big taboo or something they're afraid of. So interestingly enough, there's still a lot of people out there that you know suffer from that. So I think collectively, we're trying to both bring forward technology, education, and awareness to really help people feel comfortable with saying the word love and finances in the same sentence. 
Absolutely. Technology, education, awareness, that spells tea. That's my cup of tea. <laughs> hey, Lou, this is Brad Tompkins with Virgin again. You know, what I would suggest from us is to really pull together and coalesce around financial inclusion and reducing barriers, you know, to access to credit. What we really do well in the fintech industry is using data to further stratify customers and members and understanding them more individually rather than underwriting them as blocks of groups with different characteristics, what have you. So leveraging data in a more creative way to understand a customer's ability to repay a loan product in our example is really what I would hope that we can kind of coalesce and show customers and members that we care about them from that perspective. And if you do that, if you do that right, you know, you can lower fees, you can be profitable with a larger portfolio and including other customers that you may have otherwise kind of left out of the party. So that's what I would suggest and what I'd really love to see continue into 2023. Love is inclusion, right? Lou, I'll take what Bradley said. This is Lee from Core 10. I've always been fascinated by behavioral economics and the power of human psychology. And I think we could show customers and consumers how much we love them by helping them help themselves when they don't even really know it's happening. So I'll tell you a quick story. The other day I got my end of year statement from Acorns. So I thought, well, I'll just go look at this. I haven't looked at it in a while. And I couldn't believe how much money was in there. It was a few thousand dollars. And I'd just been putting in 20 bucks a month. And I said to myself, I'm clearly not missing this 20 bucks. What, what if I bump it up? What would the account look like in another year? And would I even miss that money? if I, you know, 3x or 5x my investment. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to help people. It's almost like finding $20 in an old coat, but way better. Like, how can we do these types of things without requiring human intervention and create some moments of delight for people where they realize, oh, I've got three grand to go, you know, do something fun with now. I love acorns for that very reason. I have opened up the account several times over the last year and said, I have that much in there. And it's Starbucks money. Lou, this is Preeta, and I just want to kind of reiterate what several of your panelists have said about education being so important and educating consumers about the importance of budgeting and saving and debt management. And financial institutions are doing it better. Now they have to do it in a digital way, in a way that encourages people to learn. I think that is a challenge, but I think they're up to it, right? They can be more creative about how they communicate financial literacy and just wellness information to consumers. It just has changed from being human to human to digital to human. And we just need to make it as similar as possible. And I think personalization is a big part of that. Hey, this is Amy Liu, and I'm just going to echo what we've already talked about, which we really do feel strongly at Compliance Systems that really want the financial services industry to be as accessible to every consumer as possible. And we've really been doing that through a really rigorous review of all of our contracting information that we provide. And we're reviewing all aspects of our contracting experience to alleviate the pain points a consumer will encounter. You know, we're revising the actual contract language and we're adding content summaries and really working to make this such a great, not only consumer experience, but also mobile first and also meeting them where they want to be. I think that's a really important point of making it as accessible to everyone as possible. It's Ron Herman again with Cyanic. 
We've been exposed fairly recently in the last couple of years as an organization and me personally to working with partners like Jack Henry, who themselves represent clients that are predominantly community banks and credit unions around the country. And, you know, Jack Henry is, has developed a really interesting gateway called Pay Center that really enables these smaller financial institutions who don't have the resources to be able to tap into these faster payments like the RTP network, real-time payments network from the clearinghouse and the upcoming Fed now, which is really exciting, bank-to-bank rail coming soon. And what I find fascinating is Jack Henry is an example. They do a great job with their clients of bringing, showing the love, so to speak, and bringing their clients' constituents together, meaning they've got business customers on the one hand who are trying to you know, grow their business, increase their profitability, increase foot traffic in their stores, as an example. And then they've got, a, likewise, on the right hand, a large portfolio of consumers that are typically using their mobile banking app you know, to make deposits remotely, to pay bills, check their balances, things like that. What Jack Henry is doing, which we're you know, really proud to be a part of, is that they're connecting those two user bases, businesses, typically small businesses, and their consumers together literally at the point of sale. So they're beginning to offer a pay-by-bank service where these mobile banking customers can walk into, say, get their haircut or get a cup of coffee at the local coffee shop that's privately owned and pay with their bank. And in exchange for that, that small business thanking them by giving them a small perk. So two things happen. One is that the consumer gets a little something extra for paying with their bank account. And two, that small business retailer has immediate access to those funds and they're avoiding paying credit card or interchange fees by getting this bank-to-bank transfer done all through the same financial institution, typically a regional bank or credit union, as I stated. So I'm really impressed that they've cut out the big credit card companies to the U.S. market through investments that they've made in their relationships with their financial institutions and them as a fintech into the gateway itself. I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, and it sounds like a scenario where everybody wins, so so much the better there. Heading into the home stretch here, one of the things that I've really been impressed by in 14-odd years of covering financial services, personal finance, investment, is the number of people I meet who are so passionate about what they do. And the really unfortunate stereotype is, well, people who are in financial services are in it for the money. I think that is terribly, terribly skewed and just wrong. I would love to know on the positive note, and because I love doing this podcast, what you love about what it is that you do. How are you striving to make a difference? Why be involved at the level you're at. Hey, Lou, this is Bradley Tompkins with Virgin. I'll take a first crack at that one if it's okay. You know, I'm fixing to celebrate 10 years here at Virgin, you know, helping our customers really help their customers. And to kind of dovetail on your point, as well as Ron's, the people that we've met in the financial services industry, you know, our customers really the one thread that you could put through them is that they are there to serve their customer. And they really, the vast majority of them 
understand that if their customers are better off because of their interaction, then truly everybody wins. It'd be very difficult for me personally to work if that weren't the case. <laughs> Most of us love our jobs and what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, but we need a cause or we need you know, something that makes us feel good about coming into the office every day. And really from our perspective, that enabling our customers to invite more people to the financial party. So it is, you know, thin file customers, no file customers with the influx of folks coming to the U.S. from other countries, and they don't have that kind of credit history, skewing that, you know, historic, archaic underwriting model and using creative ways to underwrite customers and determine their ability to repay and provide them with the services they need when they need it. So really, that's what keeps me showing up. And then, of course, you know, the more I show up, the more you invite me to these. So <laughs> that's the fun part, too. I love that. Lou, this is Rita, and I'm a technologist at heart. That's what I've been trained to be. But technology, for technology's sake, is pretty boring. And so, uh, you know, when we can help financial institutions to better serve their members and their consumers in a very tangible way, I think that's what I love to see. It's not just about, you know, providing some technology and going away, but actually seeing the results and seeing, you know, whether it's getting them more efficient, having them provide better customer service or helping them make a real connection with their membership. That's what feels like it's making a real difference ultimately in some other human's life. Ron from Sanic again. So you were in year 13 of this business and I never would have expected to say that actually, but it's been quite a venture for me personally and for you know, staff and investors in this business. And one thing that I've been focusing on as of late, we are pursuing an eventual exit for this company. And the individuals, the colleagues and associates of mine who are co-investors in this company, two of them really stand out in talking about doing good. There is one gentleman based in Maryland whose investment in this business on exit, he's earmarked his return to build the fourth pod of a cancer research center alongside University of Maryland and a healthcare network in that Virginia market. Wow. Yeah, it's really incredible. Another gentleman, a close friend of mine, who's based in Milwaukee, has already set aside the returns for him personally, he and his wife, to build an eight-story addition to the Children's Hospital of Milwaukee. So, you know, for us and for me personally, the majority of the backers of this business are philanthropic by default, by nature. And the real venture for us is on exit is to do good with the money that we can spread. And that's really what keeps me driving. It's not about the day-to-day, -day, the technology, the ups and downs. It's really about that. And giving back is really, really key for all of us. Hey, Lou, Doug Brown from NCR. And for myself and my team in particular, we get jazzed because we make an impact, we make it real, and we make innovation happen at scale because we reach out and touch over 26 million customers today that are the customers of our customers. But we know that what we're doing you know, is about running your life, de-stressing your life, really helping you succeed and thrive. So for us, it's about doing it in such a way that 
what we're doing is important. Who we're doing it for is even more important. And the scale at which we're doing it really is kind of what gets us up in the morning with more oomph than maybe some of our competitors. This panel discussion has been great. We love the enthusiasm. We share it. And that's what we're all about at NCR. Hey, Lou, it's Nina Valayan again. I just have to say this, Ron, I live in Northern Virginia and I went to University of Maryland. So what you just said is absolutely amazing. So I wish you well with your exit. As I was saying, with Engageware, I just started seven weeks ago. I came off an exit just selling another company in procurement. And what I love about this company, I've been in around fintech my whole career, starting at Sally Mae, but what I really love about this is the digital transformation journey using AI as we are in the customer engagement. We have such large enterprise financial institutions, but not just financial institutions, wealth managers, insurance companies, Quest Diagnostics, you know, like LabCorp, so some of the big ones, and then my passion with education. So we support a good number of large universities. But on the financial institution side, what we really want to do is bring back a platform that would be free for the smaller financial institutions and credit unions and the ones that we service, because I really think additional transformation and giving them that opportunity to support their customers is really, really important. What I've heard from speaking to customers, just the financial institutions, is what we do becomes mission critical for them. It's the way that they engage with their customers, kind of the omni-channel, but it helps grow their business, which is very important to them. And we all know with the great resignation, it's been really tough. They just don't have enough people. They don't have enough IT people as well. So if we can help supplement that with our customer support, it makes such a difference. And a big milestone with the company that they just reached in 2022 was over a billion appointments scheduled on the platform, which brought a lot of pride and it was a huge accomplishment. Lou, this is Lee from Corten. I've heard so many beautiful stories just now from everyone on the podcast about people and relationships and mission and giving. It's really beautiful. I wanted to share our model. We call it Hearshore, that's opposed to offshore or nearshore. And it focuses on bringing technology jobs and career advancement to people in smaller communities across the U.S. The point that we're trying to make with this model is to provide people with agency, enough money and marketable skills so that they can choose their own destiny. And hopefully it's to stay with us. We spend a lot of time making sure that they're happy and challenged and that they have the right kind of resources at their disposal. That is the thing that I truly love about my job. I get this thousand watt grin on my face every time I talk about my team. And they're the number one reason for our success. Most of our business is either repeat business or referral business. And it's 100% because of our amazing team. So they are what I love about what I do. Hey, Lou, this is Amy Winkleman. And I kind of want to echo what Lee said, which is really like, one of the things I love about what I do is our team and our company. We are compliance systems. So in that we do compliance, we are compliance nerds which is a strange like level of something that you know that everyone has and we love that but we also love that we're able to take that compliance and try to distill it down to make it more understandable for others through contract innovation through us doing our mobile first product initiatives and a lot of that is just all involved in us working together and really being a great team and striving to make that difference to make sure that 
truly contracts and everything else are accessible to everyone. And so that's definitely my love. As Khalil Gibran, the poet, once said, work is love made visible. And it's just such a treat to have a podcast where we can really, in an authentic way, celebrate enthusiasm, positivity, love for what we do, the desire to make a difference. I am so grateful that all of you made time to be on this special episode of Bankadelic today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us, Lou. This was a lot of fun. Thanks again, Lou. Thanks, Lou. Hey, Lou. And so there you have it. Another Bankadelic Valentine's Day love fest has come to an end. But do remember that love lasts forever. (laughs) At least it does when you can give a shout out to the guests that we had on today's show. Ronald Herman, the CEO of Psionic. Nina Valayan, the CEO of Engageware. Brad Tompkins, CIO of Virgin. Lee Farabaugh, the president of Corten, Preetha Pulasani, the CEO of Deep Target, Doug Brown, president digital banking at NCR, and Amy Winkleman, product specialist and counsel at Compliance Systems. Special thanks to our sponsors, Banker Hire, and of course, the William Mills Agency, the Zarina of our special episode podcast, the one and only Catherine Laws. We love you, Catherine! A shout-out, of course, goes to our business consigliere, Rob Gaynor in Austin, Texas. Dude, I totally got into the show. And our sister podcast, Dave and Darm Demystify in London. And you know, Valentine's Day really makes me think that... What the... Let me in! Let me in! Come on, let me in! Hey, look out for my mic. Oh, yeah. Johnny Dubbing. Oh, brother. I heard you were doing a Valentine's Day snuggle fest, and I wanted to stop by because, you know, I'm quite a lover myself, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you love yourself, right? No, 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 no. We, We know that, but... It's more about what I want to give to your bankomatic audience this Valentine's Day. And, you know, I've been working on my singing. I'm really good. You know, I used to take private lessons from Sinatra and all of that, but we don't need to get into that. I have worked out my own rendition of Yesterday by Paul McInerney and John Lennis of the Beatles. You want to hear it? No, not really, but I guess you're going to sing it for us anyway. That's right, yeah, well, here you go. Okay, cue up the superphonic karaoke version of this tune, and we'll get it going. <clears throat> Yesterday's All the fans, they were so far away now it looks as though they're here to stay uh, forget about it uh, yesterdays suddenly bashing knees ain't what it used to be there's a goomba hanging over me oh yesterdays came suddenly why, she have to go? 
Uh, I don't know. She wouldn't say. Now look, let's get this straight. She said something wrong. Not me. Not me. She said something wrong. You got a problem with that? Oh, yesterday. Yesterday. Craps was such an easy game to play. Now I need to hide my stash away. Madonna me yesterday. Why'd she? Now look, do I gotta repeat this again? I didn't say something wrong. She said something wrong. All right? I mean, after all, I do for I got a new dresses, I uh, think it of Vegas. I set her up with uh, Sinatra show tickets, all this stuff. She said something wrong. Not me. Not me. Oh, well, craps was an easy game to play. Oh, now I gotta hide my stash away. You wanna help? I'll give you a cut. But first, I need you to do me a little favor. Oh, 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 oh. Yes, the day. Yeah! Yeah, thank you, thank you. Bankadelic is a production of NMD+, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas. I'm quite a lover myself. If you know what I'm saying.